0: Well good evening everyone and welcome to Stay Focused. Today is April 20th, uh, 2020. My name is Pastor Jay Morgan. I am the director of the Appalachian Prayer Center Ministries in, in the West Virginia Prayer Alliance and your host today. I am really glad you uh, joined me uh, today uh, whether you're watching live or in replay. Uh, the topic I want to talk about is one of uh, my favorite topics, I think, to talk about, and that is the church as the family of God. Now, as normal, I have much more content than I have time, so I'm going to kind of jump into some things, and uh, we're going to work through several concepts together. Now, there's a lot of different things that come to your mind when you hear the word church. And today, I'm going to talk about the church in context of family. Um, The third episode I did to stay focused, I talked about the role of the church. And in that, one of the things I talked about the church is, and I based that whole episode uh, out of Acts 2, 42 through 47 primarily, and talking and learning how the early church functioned. Um, that first church, rather, in Jerusalem, how it functioned. And it's a good blueprint, a model of what God desires out of church. Now, I've taught this for years. Uh, I've been a local church pastor for, uh, this is my 19th year. Uh, yeah, I started when I was five. <laughs> no, I mean, I've been doing this a little while. been in public ministry for almost 30 years. This year actually makes 30 years. This fall makes 30 years for me. And been uh, a local church pastor for almost 19 years. So the church... Topic of church has been a passion of mine for nearly all of my spiritual life trying to understand it how it works what scripture talks about it and and one of the best definitions I think you can come up with church is, is church is the family of God. Now um, when you read Acts 2 40 through, uh, through 47 you see how that the the early church the first church in Jerusalem functioned and it's much different than how we function today. Uh, so first though, just as we get started with this idea, the church is the, is, is the family. Uh, if you are born again, if you surrendered your life to Jesus, um, scripture tells us that the spirit of God comes into you, takes out your old heart, puts a new heart into you. You're born again. Jesus said, Unless you're born again. You you know, you'll not see the kingdom of heaven. You're born again. If you surrender to Jesus and, um, notice this verse here. And and um, there we go. First John three and one. See what great love the Father has lavished on us that we should be called children of God, and that is what we are. Uh, I'm going to make the 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 case as I often do that God made humans because He desired a, a family. Were made in the image of God. The Book of Luke actually, when it does a genealogy of Jesus, and it gets back to Adam, it says Adam was the son of God. Now. He wasn't the Son of God in the way that Jesus was. Jesus was begotten, not made. It's a whole theology lesson we can't get into tonight, but Adam was a made, formed out of the dust, Son of God, made in the image of God. And But through sin, our uh, we experience spiritual death, and that God part of us is dead, but through faith in Jesus, we're born again, okay? Tonight is not about how to be born again and all that, that would be a great topic. But if you are saved, if you're surrendered to Jesus, if you're saved from your, if you surrender to Jesus, you're saved from your sins, and you're reborn, spiritually reborn, as a child of God. But notice this uh, uh, next passage that, that I'm going to read. It's in the Book of Ephesians two nineteen. It says, "So now you Gentiles, are along with strangers and foreigners, you're citizens along with all of God's holy people. You are members of God's family. So what's my point?" Is that if your faith is in Jesus, you are a child of God, but you're not an only child. God has other kids. Whether you, whether you like it or not, you're born into the family of God, and that involves other people. Uh, I often say that you know Jesus, and I teach on this a lot. to the great commandment to love God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength, and love your neighbors, love yourself. And man, that that one is tricky, isn't it? Uh, I think the tricky part of following Jesus actually is people. And and here's the thing. People think the same thing about you as well, and they think it about me as well. But it can be challenging. Earthly relationships can be challenging. and And see, here's the thing. Church is not just about your relationship with God. It's also about your relationship with others. Now, other people don't save you, but you're born into the family of God. See, back when Adam sinned, one of the things, uh, several things was was destroyed in Adam's, Adam's life. First, his relationship with God was destroyed. Second, his relationship with Eve. As immediately, you know, he throws Eve under the bus. This unity, oneness, community, togetherness they experienced was destroyed. And then God begins to explain to Eve what's going to happen from that. And then you see the first son killing the second son. You read on into Genesis a little bit, and you see a guy named Lamech. He said it was seven times worse than Cain. You keep reading, and no one was doing anything that was right, and, and the whole world was corrupt. And so what you see is just this fracture. When relationship with God is, is, is destroyed, then you see this fracture in every part of man's life, including our relationship with other people. Uh, there's another passage that... Um, says that uh, that jesus though has dist- has tore down the dividing wall of hostility between people, so he came to bring us back to unity with God I like to to think of it as the cross i didn 't come up with this, but I do use it a lot, and you have that vertical beam which uh, uh, demonstrates your relationship between the relationship between God and man that Jesus came to repair, but then you have that horizontal beam which is about the relationship with people. And so you're born into the family of God. And now people tell me, and that is church. Now people tell me, you know, church isn't about the building. The church isn't the building. And that's true. The church isn't the building. Uh, The church is about the people, the family of God. It's about the relationships between the family of God, how they relate to each other, how they relate to God, and how they're activated on God's mission into the world around them. However, buildings can be helpful, you know, so while church isn't about the building, um, just like your family isn't about the house, but it the house can be important to the family. The building that you live in, the home, can be important to the family. And so we don't want to just discredit the role of buildings. I think you start getting into semantics. Obviously, buildings are necessary for some things. But yes, yes, I'm just going to say the church is more than the building. And if you only think of church as building, then um, then you you i think I think you have a uh, a faulty view of church now church's own buildings so we get that clear then people often tell me well you know church is not about the meetings it's not about the the services now you know the the church service's it's not about meeting with other people I'm just part of the family of God it's not about meeting with and, I, and I, here's what I want to respond to that with saying is a family is more than get-togethers. It's more than meals around the table. It's more than reunions. It's more than birthday parties. It's more than sitting in the living room together. Sure, a family is is, uh, more than a gathering, but are you really part of a family if you're never around the people of your family? Think about it. What what makes a family family? It's relationships. That's why you actually can feel like some people are closer to you in your life right now, and they're not blood. Uh, you're not born together as family, but the relationship you have can be sometimes even closer than those um, uh, that are in your natural family. And so so what makes family family? It's relationships. And we are brought into the family of God. And I'm going to say, and I'm going to come back to this a couple different times tonight, that relationships is what makes family family. But you know what? Relationships is also what makes families tricky what makes it difficult. The, the other people in the family is what makes a family dynamic hard, isn't it? So um, the, the, the people make a family great, the people make a family difficult. So I want to I talk about that a little bit, and, and, and uh, I want to talk about the idea that church is more than a meeting, but meetings are integral to church. Let me... Now I'm not just going to talk about meetings uh, tonight, but I'm going to talk about this for a minute because if you really understand the definition of the word church, you can't simply dismiss meetings. It's an oxymoron. It's like things that don't go together because the word church actually means a gathering. That's 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 what it means. I I want us to look at this. Um, It's the word. uh, You know, Jesus said to to Peter, and I reference this often in my teachings. when Peter said, you are the Christ, Son of the living God, uh, uh, Jesus said to Peter, flesh of blood does not reveal this to you, and upon this rock I will build my, my church. Now, the the Greek word there is actually ecclesia. I, I want us to look at that uh, for, for just a moment. Um, church comes from the word uh, ecclesia or ecclesia, and it's the literal definition of Of church is a gathering of citizens called out from their homes into some public place, an assembly. So literally, the definition is an assembly of people. Now, in Jesus' time, the Romans would establish an ecclesia. The Roman ecclesia was literally the meeting or gathering of Roman governmental authorities in a region. So what gave them their authority was by nature of Caesar and 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 the rights that were given to them, but those with authority would gather as an ecclesia. And so Jesus has actually just ripped this language right out of the government of his time and said, I'm building my own governmental authority in, in the earth, this assembly of governmental leaders, and he said, Then I will give you keys. It's what he said in that passage. So while the the church is more than meetings, I think you cannot just dismiss meetings and say, well, I'm going to be the church rather than go to a church gathering. Now, I don't want to mince words here, but actually, it's kind of like I, when I teach this, I'll talk about like in a school, they'll call a school assembly where everybody leaves their, their um uh, classrooms, meets in the gym or auditorium, and and I'll tell the students, I'll say, well, what would happen if you tell your principal, you know, everyone else is at the assembly, which is what the word church means, the assembly, everyone else is in the assembly, and you're just walking in the hall, the principal comes and says, oh, why aren't you in the assembly? And you're just like, you know, today, I'm just not going to go to the assembly, I'm just going to be the assembly. Now, uh, obviously, There's more to being a Christian than just going to church and and, and hearing and listening. Yes. Yes. But you can't dismiss the gathering either. Particularly because it's actually part of the definition of the word. Now, you must act. You must act and respond. Um, And so, you know, let let me just talk about church meetings uh, a little bit like this in in the idea of family context. You know, I'm, I'm from southern West Virginia. And in Appalachian culture, and a lot of the cultures uh, in the southern part of the of the nation, um, Sunday dinner is often very important. And what you'll find is a matriarch, a grandmother, grandmother, grandfather, often it's the grandmother who will host dinner at grandma's house. Now, can you be in the family and not attend dinner at grandma's house? I'm just going to say it's not advisable. Grandmother doesn't take lightly to that. And through this, uh, now there's more to being a family than going to dinner at grandma's. And you can say, well, I'll just come by and get leftovers. Somebody can bring me leftovers. That's fine. But see, there's a whole lot more that goes on than the food. There's a lot going on. Uh, You know, uh, grandma is often making calls, see who's going to be there. And if this one doesn't get along with that one, you know you better get to settled before you get to, to, to dinner on Sunday. Or if it's weird at dinner on Sunday, Grandma was going to do something. So I just want to say there's a lot that happens at gatherings. While you can say, well, my family is more than a gathering. Yeah, that might be technically true, but a gathering can be very integral to the heart and soul of a family. Gathering your family around uh, the the table there's tons of research that just says when a family will sit down at a at a meal a few days a week the um the solidity of that family um just increases uh there's more to a family than a birthday party there's more to a family than a family yes there's more than to a family than meetings but they there's something that happens at the gatherings and and at the end I'm going to talk about two types of gatherings that churches do. So while A church is more than a meeting. We can't dismiss the meeting. I actually talked about that a little more than I wanted to. But I want to jump into a a couple of reasons. I want to talk through several reasons, rather, of why you need a spiritual family. And often when I teach this, and we read uh, the book of Acts, and I say, is this your experience with church? People often say, no, I've never really seen church function like this. And I say, well, this is the, the scriptural model. We need to ask the Lord how we can be more like this. And so that's just what I want to tell you. Uh, um, people often tell me, well, Jay, I don't really see a church congregation expressing the way things are teaching. And and listen, we're all in transition. We're all learning. And I'm telling you, God is building his church. Jesus is building his church. There's, there's new things going on. And a lot of pastors and church leaders are more open to rediscovering um, the biblical def- definition of church. There's a lot out there. And if there doesn't seem to be in your community, I'm just, I want to pray for you, and I want you to begin to earnestly pray that God would begin to establish this in your community. And maybe he's going to use you to help do that. But let me explain to you some reasons why you need a church. Uh, one is you need the o- oversight of gifted, God-appointed elders and leaders. You need God-appointed elders and leaders. Now, my last... Um, Stay focused session. I spent the whole time talking about biblical authority. I'm not going to repeat that. But other than to say you need what godly elders bring into your life. Here's the second reason why you need a church. And I would go into that one in more detail. But I spent about 45 minutes last episode. So watch it. It's called biblical authority. I want you to just go back and watch and listen to that one again. So one, you need elders in your life. You also need spiritual mothers and fathers. You need mentors. A lot of people just say, well, Jay, you know, I can get good teaching online. I'm watching you. I'm not going to discourage that. Um, and they're going to say, you know, I watch TV preachers. I watch a lot, listen to a lot of podcasts. So I get regular teaching in my life. Now, listen, you need more than just someone teaching you. You need someone in your life. You need a a, a person who is more spiritually mature than you. Check this out who they themselves are submitted to godly elders, apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, and teachers, and they are mentoring you in the faith. And what I'm talking about there is relationships. Godly spiritual mentors are not just someone you listen to. They might not even be a Bible teacher. They might not be a preacher. They might not be an elder in your church, but they're a a person who's more spiritually mature than you who can give you real-time feedback when you're going through things in your life, where you're not just hearing lessons on prayer, they're actually praying with you. They're teaching you how to pray. They're modeling it to you. You're watching them. They're with you while you're learning things. When you're going through crisis, they're stepping you through it. They're talking to you. You're talking to them. And so we're talking about having a relationship with someone who's a little more spiritually mature than you that you know and they know you. And I mean like relationally know you. And I say this often, if your church is more than 20 or 25 people, you can't realistically expect your pastor to know you on the level that you need. And is isn't the spiritual model for, for the elders of the church to be the only ones to be providing any uh, uh, feedback. The um, uh, New Testament is abundantly clear about how that people, the older people should be mentoring and teaching the younger and that could be older people in the faith mentoring the younger ones in the faith. And again, with mentorship, it's, it's somebody has to have an insight into your personal life to where if you are having a crisis, they can step you through it. They can get on the phone with you. They can message you. They can talk you through it. Um, they can help you Media. They can do these things in your life. So here's why you need a spiritual family. One, you need elders, the fivefold ministries: apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, and teachers. But then you also need mentors—someone who actually knows you. Here's what else you need: you need brothers and sisters. You need the support that comes from brothers and sisters, and the Lord. I'm going to go through several different things um, that Scripture says you should find in a church family. Okay. Um, before I get into that, here's what I want to say. I, I want to say that even though, and some of us are more introverted or some of us have been hurt and some of us don't trust. But whether we want to admit it or not, you need people and people need you. I'm just going to say that again. You need people and people need you. Now, I said earlier that the good thing about church as a family are the people and the bad thing about church as a family is the people. Because any time you have a relationship with someone, there's vulnerability and there's the, the opportunity to be hurt, to be disappointed. But as as I read here several of the things that, that you should learn by having a spiritual family, you're going to agree these are good things. And so what I say to people is, is if you would like to have these things in your life, then you have to be committed to help bringing this into someone else's life. That's how relationships work. You bring things into someone's life, and they bring it into your life. Okay, let let me go through each other. Among other things, in God's family, by the way, before I get into it, let me me just say one more thing. (laughs) Um, Many of us, maybe our natural families are very dysfunctional, and we've really never been part of a healthy family dynamic. Well, in the family of God, you should be able to learn what you didn't learn in your in, in, in your natural family. Um, among other things, in God's family, you should learn how to care for others. You should learn how to handle conflict appropriately. In God's family, you should learn how to support and, and encourage each other. In God's family, there should be people there to restore you if you fall. Would you, would you like the, the scripture references as I go through that? I'm not going to be able to read it all, but I'll just give it to you. So Galatians 6 and 2 says that we learn to care for each other. Matthew 18, 15 through 17 teaches us how to handle uh, relational conflict appropriately. Uh, 1 Thessalonians 5, 13 teaches us how we should support and encourage each other. Galatians 6 and 1 says that in God's family, you restore each other if you fail. Um, Ephesians 4:32 and Colossians 3:13 both say that in God's family you learn how to love people despite their shortcomings, and they learn how to love you despite your shortcomings. James 5:16 in a godly family, there's people to pray for you. Um, Philippians 2, 1 through 11, uh, we in God's family we learn to view and serve each other, even as Christ served us and serve the world. Colossians 3.13 tells us that in God's family, we learn how to give and receive forgiveness. First Corinthians 12.27 says that in God's family, we learn to share the responsibility of the church and Jesus' mission on, on, on earth. Now, now, here's the thing. If you've been saved, you've been given a command by Jesus, a commission to go make new disciples. But in the family of God, we should do that together. So you're not doing that alone. So I just listed the several things that you that you receive through a healthy church family. And here's why you need a healthy church family. Number one, you need elders, the 5 ministry in your life. Two, you need mentors who know you and you know them. Three, you need brothers and sisters that give you all the things I just listed. Let's keep going. Not only... That you need a church family, but a church family needs you. See, we have a shared responsibility in creating a healthy family. Um, uh, most people want to be loved, forgiven, encouraged, and cared for. But the question is, are you willing to do this for another person? See, in order to have a healthy church family dynamic, it's not just about you receiving Um, love you receiving forgiveness you receiving encouragement you receiving care but are you willing to do that for others so people tell me i don't need people and now you might have convinced yourself of that And, and 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 certainly there are certain types of people you do not need in your life sure but you might have convinced yourself you don't need people and you might try to get along pretty good in life without them but i want you just to think about the fact that god has given you gifts And when you isolate yourself from the body of Christ, you're also isolating the family of God, the body of Christ, from the gifts that God has given you because he's given you those gifts to encourage, to build up others. That's what 1 Corinthians 12 teaches us, that God gives you gifts. He gives me gifts to encourage you, build you up. He gives you gifts to encourage me, to build me up. That's a healthy church family dynamic. See, I wanted to say that, that... um you are, are I want to ask the question, are you really part of a church family if it is just about church meetings? So it's what I want to say. The family the, the family of God church is more than the meetings. Now the meetings are important. I've already talked about that several meetings uh several times, but to be part of a church family it means more than just showing up to church services together. It's about building the type of relationships that I just read. And so a lot of churches do small groups. And some people say, are you talking about maybe having small groups outside of the uh, weekend church services, Jay? Maybe. And this might come as a shocker, you know, and just let me preface this by saying that 20 years ago, 19 years ago, when I started passing the church, one of the first things I did was start small groups because I wanted people to get to know each other outside of a large or, or a weekend church service, because the early church had two types of meetings. Uh, in Acts 2, when you read that, I, hopefully you'll go back and read it, Acts 2, 42-47, uh, and then even also listen to episode 3, while well, I'll talk about that in, in more detail, but you'll notice that the church met in the temple courts and from home to home, from house to house. So you have these corporate, larger type of gatherings, but then you have more intimate type of gatherings with smaller groups of people. And I said a minute ago that maybe you can find this in a small group, but maybe not. It depends on your church. depends on the small groups in your church. Uh, For instance, if small groups are led by spiritually immature people, they're not going to be a healthy church environment. You're not going to find all these things that we just read. Some churches have strong requirements for small group leaders. Some have very weak. Basically, if you're a warm body, open your house, feed some people, let them gather up there, go over some questions that they give you. I'm not downplaying any church, but at the same time, I'm not saying that a small group meeting is necessarily how you get the things I just described. It should be, but that's going to depend on your church's small group, your structure, and the level of maturity of the group leaders. So I'm going to wrap. Okay, let me, let, let me uh, before I wrap up, um, I, you know, I do this a lot. Man, there's more thoughts. My brain works quicker than my mouth speaks sometimes. So when I talk about spiritual maturity, what constitutes a spiritually mature person? So I throw that out a lot. People throw that out a lot. You know, what is spiritual maturity? Like, are there things that you can sense about a person, you can tell about a person that you would say that's a spiritually mature person or that's a spiritually immature person? What are those things? Do we even have a right to say that? Is that being judgmental? Are there marks of spiritual maturity? And as much as I would like to get into that today, I cannot. But i tell you what, maybe this week or next week I'll do a whole 30 minutes on spiritual maturity, what it is, what to look for. Is it being judgmental to say a person is mature or immature? I I'm want to get into all of that on another episode of Stay Focused, but my time is just about up for tonight, so I can't get into that. But I am going to say this. I feel like Scripture is abundantly clear that God wants you to mature. So uh, mature to the place that you can help create a healthy spiritual family. So all the things I've talked about today, all the things that a spiritual family brings into your life, My question for you is, are are you going to allow God to grow you up to the point to where you can give this as well as receive it? Because a healthy relationship is not a one-sided relationship, but it is two or more people, relationships or two or more people who make an agreement with each other that They are going to be there for each other. Now, whether that's verbalized or not, I actually think that it's healthy if it is verbalized. That's why you you take vows Uh, when you're you're married. You say, I want to be there for you. people break the vows. So I think it's important in a healthy church family not to necessarily take vows, but to say to each other, let's do this together. Let's covenant together. Uh, if you become part of a church, it's not uncommon for a church uh, to ask you to make an, a, an agreement to to covenant with the people of the church. So, I, what I want to ask you to do, particularly those of you who are turned off, frustrated about the church in uh, environments that you have been in, let's pray. Ask the Lord how to um, ask the Lord to help you to grow into a person who can help create the type of family environment that I'm talking about today Uh, within your current church, or maybe the Lord wants to help you at some point in your life create a new wineskin, a a new expression of the ecclesia that's pursuing what Scripture is teaching us. At any rate, I'm just going to say you need a church family and a church family needs you. And what makes family? It's relationships. Now, do families meet? Yes. I'm going to go back through that again. Go back and listen to it again. Some very important things happen when families gather. But it's more than that. It's about the relationships that you build in and outside of the meeting. I hope today has helped you. I hope it's made sense these are just thoughts going on in my mind as we're in this time of quarantine, as God is pushing a reset in His church, as we come out of this, and even as even right now, maybe you can start taking inventory of your own life, see what needs to change. Say, you know, as I come out of this, as I begin to connect again, what am I looking for? What do I need to bring? Or is there even people you can begin to connect with right now, uh, through through Zoom, through phone conversations? If you can't go to them face to face, but nevertheless. God truly is pushing a reset on his church, but it's not a casting aside of authority. It's not a ca- casting aside of relationships, but rather it is returning to the biblical model of what was taught by G- and modeled by Jesus and the apostles and the church fathers. So, Lord, I want to pray, as I often do when I, when I end these Father, bring together the church that bears your name. Teach us, Lord, how to be your ecclesia on the earth and to bring your governmental authority um, as people who are subject to authority and being given authority that we can see your kingdom come and your will be done on our part of the earth, even as it is in heaven. Hey, I hope today was helpful for you. Uh, I want to encourage you to go back, listen, take some notes, but I, I know there are a lot of things out there for you. Uh, If it blessed you, if it helped you, uh, think about sharing it with someone else. Uh, Join me again tomorrow night uh, for another episode of Stay Focused. I'm hoping to have a powerful interview that I promise you do not want to miss. But if that interview does not work, I have two I'm lining up this week, but if they don't work, I will be coming back with teaching on what it means to be a disciple of Jesus, what it means to be spiritually, and what it means to be spiritually mature. a couple more things I want to teach over the next couple of weeks. I love you guys. You stay strong. Stay focused on what's important during this time.